Welcome to the Boho News Podcast. Here, we share the latest news, comments and opinion from across the boutique, lifestyle and luxury hotel sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. This time, I'm speaking with Michael Hayward and Vivian Avanyi at the Hayward Group about what's required from hotel leaders today in terms of their approach, skill sets and responsibilities and how to meet the aspirations of young professionals. Thank you, Michael and Vivian, for joining the Boho News podcast. It's not often that I have the pleasure of getting to uh, sit down to two people uh, for a podcast (laughs) episode. So thank you both for finding the time. Let's kick off with a question to Michael. Looking at how hospitality leaders have evolved over the past couple of years, what's different in terms of their approach, the skills that they've had to learn and their responsibilities? It is a great question to open up with. Um, The first thing I would say is that the past couple of years, all the challenges in the industry have accelerated trends that were already there. And I'll give you one example. Um, We'd been working with uh, an international group of hotels uh, providing training for their hotel general managers on taking their understanding of finance deeper than it had previously been. Mm -hmm. Because exactly as you were suggesting, their area of responsibility had gone further than it had had to in, in the past. So they were needing to write investment proposals and understand the impact of an investment proposal for an owner, which went a lot deeper than they were previously required to do. Mm. Through COVID, everybody learned a heck of a lot about cash flow (laughs) and working capital because you kind of had to to survive. So I would say that that trend that was already there about people having, as leaders, having to understand the real guts of how the finances of business operates and how your actions impact on that is far deeper than it had been previously. Two other areas that I think have changed or evolved is a good word for it. Uh, One is on the commercial side. Mm -hmm. So if I look going back, let's say five years ago, there was quite a lot of um, siloed thinking when it came to the commercial function. You would have your salespeople, you'd have your marketing people. You might have people within marketing who are all about the brand. Mm-hmm. You'd have revenue management people, perhaps e-commerce, distribution, pricing, whatever it might be. Really quite fragmented. Increasingly, there's been a need for people to integrate a lot more on the commercial function and for the commercial function to integrate more with other functions. Mm-hmm. So that has accelerated. We've uh, recently won a contract to deliver commercial culture training. What does that mean? That means people know how to do the technical aspects of their work. They understand the foundation principles, the business principles of what they're working on. But how do you work with people in the other disciplines around the business? Mm -hmm. How do you get your special area of focus and understanding to connect more effectively with the other parts of the business. Um, One of my favorite sayings at the moment is this funny thing about soft skills. They're really rather hard. And that's 
that's something we absolutely embrace and we love working with people on. And that connects to the third area. So finance, commercial, and the third area is those human skills, mm -hmm. those people skills. No matter what discipline you're in, uh, that evolution, that requirement, we're now in, a, in an environment where people can get a job very easily. We're all desperately looking for talented staff to come and work for us. So that human understanding, those human skills are really crucial when you're hiring, when you're trying to retain good people, when you're trying to understand what's changed amongst your uh, customers, and even to get a better understanding of the perspective of your suppliers. So mm -hmm. the human skills, what's changed in the approach skills and responsibilities of the leaders, those three areas, finance, commercial and people skills. And I would have to say the gap between people who are really embracing and coming to grips with that and those who are digging their heels in and trying to fight against it is getting really wide as the world begins to open up. The successful businesses are the ones where the leaders are fully embracing and adapting to that accelerated pace of change in those areas, which is pretty exciting when you're in a role like ours supporting businesses to change and perform. Lots of fun. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I, I heard someone mention the other day on the soft skills point, um, they mentioned that for whatever reason, I don't like the phrase soft skills because it seems to suggest that these are skills which are inferior to those hard skills when actually you you highlighted just then they are actually very difficult to to master yeah. at times is there anything that you would like to add to that vivian i i think michael is really um you know summed up where where we're at and what's the expectation of um leaders today and certainly a, i think a, a growing trend that's going to continue for the next couple of years um particularly when you know business is back but <clears throat> we're still in a in a situation of um, you know needing to train to to reevaluate um, and the landscape for the hospitality industry has uh, evolved not only because of COVID but also the digital landscape and mm -hmm. distribution has created that much more complexity that. You, you really can't, um, as, a, as a marketing leader, for example, uh, stay in that silo that Michael was talking about. And we see that coming through in uh, reorganizations of, of different companies where you now have a commercial role that needs to be able to both handle the marketing, the branding, but the sales as well as the e-commerce. Um, so that, that means that it's up to individuals, but as well the organization to provide the, the skills mm -hmm. and the, the training to be able to, um, you know, really understand the, that landscape. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So let's, let's come back to Michael uh, for a second question here, because with all these, with, with the market and the industry changing, it would suggest that our mindset also has to change in order to better grasp an understanding of what's happened, but to actually push through it. So Michael, what would be your advice for developing the right mindset to tackle today's challenges? Well, I'm going to come straight back to that point on the people skills. 
Mm -hmm. uh, I think more than ever before, people are attuned to genuine connections on an individual level. Um, Personalisation has become an expectation of travellers uh, in all aspects of, of the service industry. And increasingly, I'd suggest that employees are more attuned to somewhere where you're not just going to get all the right words written up on the canteen wall, here's our values, but what are the things that actually show that that's real in how you interact with me? Mm -hmm. So that, that um, genuine, honest connection with people as an individual. My favourite example of this is um, going back to when I was working in large international companies. Uh, they would have employee engagement surveys, wonderful things. And the output of that is to say, right, here's your team of 30 or 40 people, and here are the two things that you need to do to improve the engagement with your team. Um, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> you know, that's that's the, okay, it's a common issue that you can probably have some impact with, but I'll tell you there's one thing that you can do to improve the engagement with your team more than anything else, and that's to treat each one of them as an individual. Mm -hmm. Understand what motivates each person. Understand what their greatest strengths are that they add the most value to the team understand the stuff that they want to improve in and what's important to them. And none of this is static. So someone might today have a real priority on professional development and advancement. Happy days, good on you. But maybe there's a new baby coming into the family. So that, that personalization, and I think we'll have the opportunity to expand on it more, but that personalization is understanding those individuals. Now, there are certain skills that you can practice and you can learn that help you to be more proactive, mm -hmm. more accountable in yourself and understand yourself, have better self-awareness. And these are the things that we love working with people on and particularly with teams to appreciate the individual strengths from within the team and the differences within a team. So some of the key points in that self-awareness, we do um, profiling that goes way beyond you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, right down into what are the strengths that are perhaps hidden for you or perhaps that you, they're so strong that you don't realise they're a strength. They're just your natural uh, attributes. Getting into the kind of level of understanding that behaviour-based profiling can give you is a bit of a game changer. But as with any kind of profiling, the piece of paper is just a piece of paper. The most important thing is the conversations that come out of it. So mm -hmm. coming back to your question, developing the right mindset to tackle today's challenges is to have those really important conversations with the individuals in your team and to understand them as individuals. That applies to your team it also applies to a certain extent, although it's a bit harder to do this with your customers, mm -hmm. really understanding them. You can even take it further and say, how well do you understand your suppliers? Mm. Some of the great business stories that have come out of the past couple of years is hotels or rest and restaurants that have connected with their suppliers in a completely different way to the way they had before. 
because everyone knew this was a tough time that we just had to get through and the supplier relationships you valued the most. Even to go again one step further, your staff have a family behind them. What impact are the decisions you're making with your staff having on their family? How do they feel about a staff member coming to work in an environment where there's a pandemic going on? That was scary for some family members if you've got granny living at home with you or something like that. So understanding each individual and working with them in a way that shows that you understand and appreciate and value that. That's the personal human aspect um, that is absolutely crucial in changing a mindset, I think. Vivian, let's bring you into the conversation here. Um, Michael's just talked, um, albeit at the sort of wider hotel ecosystem, but staying with the hotel staff for the moment here, where are the opportunities to improve retention and support career progression? Yeah, and I think it's a really pertinent question at this uh, time when we know the industry has a lot of challenges and with all challenges, there are opp opportunities. Um, and we at Hayward Group have the, the, the great, um, let's say, position to be working both with companies on one side that are in either the hiring mode or have a, a host of employees that they need to address in terms of retention and um, their career paths. And we also work with education and students who are either doing their master's program or perhaps their MBA. And so we have a very privileged position to see both perspectives um, and be able to bridge that gap of understanding of what are the expectations of young professionals, your young graduates today, mm -hmm. uh, particularly coming out of the last two, three years. There's a lot of anxiety. A lot of uh, students have you know, expressed uh, on different occasions the fact that they feel like they've lost out. So they're looking to really jumpstart their career and trying to find that match between what their ambition is, uh, which is understandable. You know, they've, they've invested a lot of time, um, energy and, and finances into their education uh, and now wanting to get into um, a, a position that will meet their expectations and their career aspirations. And then you have also then organizations today that maybe weren't set up for um, meeting those demands in terms of training, in terms of um, identifying exactly to Michael's point, what are those um, aspirations and what are those passions or those strengths? Um, so both on the hiring side, but also with the retention of their current um, staff and, and employees, using tools like uh, profiling can really get under the skin of what are, you know, what are your individual um, aspirations, what is it that you, you are good at, but you need to develop on in order to arrive at that maybe medium, longer term career path. And as an organization, there's a lot of information that companies have today, and they've always had before, but they've not necessarily always seized the opportunity, yes, to have those individual conversations, but also be able to deliver on a program of sorts that might be able to give 
a young aspiring hospitality professional kind of a, a vision of where is this going to lead me to? Okay, you're giving me an opportunity to join the organization, let's say, um, maybe at a entry level position. Uh, but what does that mean for me later down the line? How do I get from that position to what I really want down the line is a general manager's position? What are the skill sets that I need? How is your company going to be able to help me? And I think that's really understanding what is the purpose, what is the giving clarity and transparency and also a, an ongoing communication platform for uh, young aspiring professionals to know, you know, what that means, because it's, in a, it's a commitment, both from the company, but also from um, that young graduate. And setting that up from the beginning is really a formula for success. Um, too often, I think, convert, these conversations come at the end of, uh, you know, perhaps an individual who's already looking to leave the organization, and it's too late. How do you retain that talent? That talent has already decided they're going to someone else, maybe a competitor. Um, so it's really engaging at the beginning, at the early stages of that hiring and being able to engage throughout their career to know that's what it's going to bring you in terms of skills uh, and have that, that conversation throughout. Um, so I think that's really one of the areas that I say we 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 like to to be able to bring um, this understanding and that gap between the two um, areas, education and and uh, organizations. It would seem that for quite some time, hoteliers have been long focused on building that guest profile. So looking at your pre, during, post communications, if you like, what is it that the guest wants to achieve out of their hotel hotel stay when actually we're now seeing, we've just been talking about it, building that employee profile. What is it about them that makes them tick? What would they like to achieve out of their stay? So maybe sometime there's going to be a, an actual platform that's developed by some techpreneur that can actually help build these profiles for the employees. Before we move on to talk um, more about the education piece, Vivian, Michael. We were chatting a little while ago uh, about an example I had uh, when Vivian was talking about um, retention mm -hmm. and you know our big thing about understanding people as individuals. And I was talking about an example where in a luxury hotel I'd been working in, um, one of our housekeeping staff was voted as employee of the month. And um, she came up to me and said, can you make this go away? And my brain as a bright, young, ambitious bloke couldn't comprehend that. And I was trying to get her to help me to understand. And she was absolutely petrified of being stuck on stage with a spotlight on her in front of 200 staff in a luxury hotel. She basically said, if you try to force me to do that, I'll ring in sick because you are, I can't sleep, you're terrifying me. And what we ended up doing was something that Vivian has had experience of as well in a different stage in her career. Um, a very senior person wrote a detailed letter of thanks and gratitude for the valuable impact. She was like an auntie in the hotel. Yeah. And, you know, she got this person hand-signed letter from a really senior exec in the company. She was so proud. She took it home, stuck it on the mantelpiece and said to the family, there you go. I don't just clean up behind people. I have an impact and they value what I do. 
Now that's that's a housekeeping person in a hotel, but this kind of thing works all the way through. And, and Vivian's got an example of where she was quite blown away in a similar case. Yeah, it's about it's about being recognized, and I think it's the small uh, gestures that make the biggest impact. And I think sometimes it sounds simple. It's it's uh, maybe sometimes uh, more of an effort to execute, but it's well worth it. And particularly now when we're talking about employer branding, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of buzz about well-being, but also well-being um, as an employee and um, as an organization. That's really an area that uh, companies uh, need to to focus on um, because it's a it's all it's all about how you feel and how you're recognized uh, within that company and and that journey that you're taking with uh, that company in particular. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, stick with you, Vivian, for the next question, um, and it is looking more at the education piece of the conversation. How can the industry? better prepare these graduates to what it actually means to work within hospitality is there work here that needs to be done yeah i started talking a little bit about that earlier on about that that gap you were mentioning and certainly there's a lot that's been done and continues to be done between um, education and uh, companies uh, career days, for example, are really helpful. And uh, I know a lot of students look forward to that because they can really engage with people who are in positions that they aspire to follow in their footpaths or companies that they feel have the employer branding or image or career that they are really hopeful to, to follow. Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity to continue that work the the profiling that we were talking about and understanding even at an earlier stage when you are doing your master's program uh, can help also give better understanding of even if you have maybe one two years internship experience you've had some feedback you've had some professional experience so understanding what that means or what that can lead to to in terms of potential strengths that you already are starting to develop, but also the strengths, like I was saying about going from a very junior entry position to an aspiring general manager, or even a corporate position where you might want to become, um, you know, a, a VP of some sort in a brand position or a, an operations position. What are those skill sets that I'm going to need? And also be able to bring those out, out or draw on them in my interview. Why not? Um, those are areas that you would like to say to um, a potential employer. I, I've had this experience. I know I need to work on these skills. How can you as a company help me through my career path and my journey with you? Um, is there a particular program? So I think even at an earlier stage of recruitment is understanding when you are a student, what are the skill sets that you know you uh, may need for a particular profession or mm -hmm. particular discipline and identifying companies that actually may offer or look to offer training that correspond to your needs. That also is a demonstration of really the commitment that you have to the ambition that you, you are aspiring to and also helps engage a conversation, a valuable ex conversation with a future employer about the type of 
um, you know, training, the type of company culture that they're offering and see where that match is. And I think it's also very important for companies on their side to be able to be up very upfront about what programs there are available to those new and upcoming graduates. Um, so I think those kind of conversations are key. Um, no two paths or career paths are alike. And I'd like to come back to that personalization. And so really understanding and harnessing that individual's background interests and being able to tap into it as part of the talent acquisition and the development program will take those students or those young professionals the extra mile. And that's where you can start to see the retention. Um, and then the other element to it is that because we're, we've become an industry where, you know, we, the success, one of the formulas for success is avoiding these silos. And you can see now that people from, um, you know, a revenue background, perhaps are now going into sales or sales into marketing. So thinking about a career path, not just as, you know, I'm going to progress and move into now a, uh, from an assistant manager to a manager, but also career paths that can go from one discipline to another can actually jumpstart your career or pay off later down the line. And I think that's also part of an education process that companies need to also communicate to demonstrate how valuable it is to get the extra skill sets from different parts of the organization to reach your ultimate goal of maybe general manager or perhaps another type of role, understanding how the functions are, maybe even operations. I think too long there's been a, a previously, maybe 10, 15 years ago, having an operational uh, experience was valuable. And some suddenly the industry, we kind of lost sight of that. And mm -hmm. things are coming back a little bit to some of the basics of, you know, how does rooms division work? How does food and beverage division work? I think there's an, as an industry, um, getting students and the education sector to appreciate the relevance and the importance of these disciplines is as important as the managerial and the leadership skills that you know you need to to acquire. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we need to stop talking about a career path as being like a ladder because that would suggest that it is a very vertical, quite strict path when actually as you've mentioned it's in fact very beneficial to also talk horizontally or move horizontally uh, across the business and I know that some hoteliers including general managers and owners due to current staffing shortages and, and challenges have had to muck in and pick yes. up extra hours shift work as have no doubt their staff so I think that almost the hands have been forced and through that, people are starting to realize that the benefits and the advantages of cross-department training. Michael, before we close off, is there anything that you would like to add here? Yeah, there is actually. Um, Vivian and I had a bit of fun chatting about this question you raise about preparing young professionals and graduates entering hospitality, because we work with Gleon, Essek, HSA, um, Oxford Brooks. So we know 
how the graduates feel when they're entering the industry. We have lots of those conversations. They come to us with their frustrations. We also work with uh, rail companies, uh, restaurant companies, hotels, and we know their frustration with the graduates. And if I just try to briefly encapsulate the frustrations in the opposite directions, sometimes the people in the businesses see these graduates as being really quite entitled. You know, they've, they've done this wonderful study and now they think they should be the boss because they've gone out and got this great education. And the, the people in the business is going, it just doesn't work that way. You need to get a bit more grounded in the business. You can't just look at my bit of paper, I'll take over now. It doesn't work that way. But equally from the graduate side, they go off to the careers day and all of these marvelous, you know, leading brands of the world, you name them, they're all there and the beautiful boutique, gorgeous properties are there. And they'll all say to you, it doesn't matter about experience. We need the future of the industry. If you have passion and commitment, if you're, we're hiring for, for who you are. Mm -hmm. And then they apply for a supervisor position and get told, oh no, you don't have enough experience. And they just throw their hands in the air and they go, what was all that about at the careers day? <laughs> You're not being honest with me. So we, we get to sort of smile at both sides of that. And we have the opportunity. We've worked with LNR Hotels developing their graduate program, uh, part of the IHG, uh, Future Leaders Revenue Management Program, developing that for graduates. The key thing, if I was to try and boil it down, when you're giving graduates that work to do to help them get an understanding of leadership and the practicalities of being in the business, make sure they understand why they're doing it. Give them a purpose mm -hmm. and engage with them on that and realize that that's putting them in an awkward position because they're working with people who are career committed to their main jobs. And now you're saying, you go in there and you just have a one month taste or a, a fortnight taste or whatever. And you're now engaging with them from someone fairly senior in the organization. If you don't both handle that well, that gets really messy, really mm -hmm. complicated. So guess what? As part of that process, they have to develop a degree of maturity, which will serve them really well as they progress. So, you know, how do we prepare young professionals and graduates? You're going to hear this through everything Vivian and I talk about. Personalization, engagement, honesty and transparency. Those are the sorts of things that go a really long way. And tackling those difficult dichotomies, those dynamic tensions. That's really where you can be a bit of a game changer by being prepared to take on those dynamic tensions and embrace them, mm -hmm. accept them, and then handle them brilliantly. That's what we love. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Michael and Vivian. It's Great been pleasure. really wonderful talking to you both, but enjoy the rest of your day and no doubt we will catch up again very soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Eloise. Thanks for listening to the Boho News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter.